Today's episode is sponsored by the American Homebrewers Association. Become a part of the U.S.'s largest community of homebrewers for just $48 a year by going to unitedwedrink.com slash AHA. What exactly do you get with your AHA membership? How about a year-long subscription to Zymergy Magazine, the world's longest-running homebrew magazine? Exclusive deals and discounts at over 2,000 breweries, bars, and bottle shops across America. Discounts on brewers' publication books and merchandise. Access to a huge library of previous HomebrewCon seminars and talks. And early access to purchasing tickets to each year's Great American Beer Festival and Savor. Sign up now by going to unitedwedrink.com AHA and get a year's membership for just $48. And if you sign up now, you'll get a free gift What's that gift? I'm not saying. You need to go see for yourself. It's pretty great. Support United We Drink, support homebrewing, and support the American Homebrewers Association at unitedwedrink.com slash AHA. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the hosts, employers, co-workers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Happy hour. More like amateur hour. Welcome to United We Drink. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a podcast that will never win a National Beer Podcasters Guild Award because there isn't a National Beer Podcasters Guild. Welcome to United We Drink right here on unitedwedrink.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Also, wherever fine podcasts are found, my name is Mike Urevich, and I think it's safe to say that this world confuses the living fuck out of me. And I am joined by my two co-hosts. First up is a man whose reputation precedes and follows him, Phil Palmasano. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Just saying. <laughs> it, it can honestly be whichever way you want to take it. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, as long as we're not talking about the drinking glove, I'm okay with it. <laughs> no, think, no, no, no. Well, mm, you want to talk okay, about the whatever. drinking glove? No, I don't. I don't. Please continue. <laughs> All right. Next up is someone who I believe is one of the most genuine, kind, wonderful people I have the honor of knowing, despite what some might say on a certain social network. I give you my friend, my dear friend, Joel Codner. Well, I was going to thank you for leaving Phil with the reputation comment, and it kind of doubled down on me. So holy shit. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) I, I wanted to be somewhat positive this week. <clears throat> Did I, I miss something it. on Twitter this week? I mean... No. No? All right. No. I sent you the screenshot. Yeah. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. All right. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to be back here talking with you guys about beer and life and other beers. Um, What are we drinking tonight as we get into this episode? Phil? Um, I started out uh, with our interview this evening uh, drinking a Coppertail and 
Uh, I'm gonna butcher this one. Zydeco. Zydeco. Yes. Yep. I, I didn't butcher it. Yes. I'm so bad with words. Um, double IPA from Tampa Bay Beer Week. Amazing beers. Um, if any of them are still available, you can find it at Lucan's Liquors. Um, and then I am now on. I don't know why I'm holding the can up to my face. High low. Um, because four percent alcohol is what I need to follow this eight percent double IPA of heaven. Joel, what about you? I am very excited about what I'm drinking tonight. I have some hard seltzers. Uh, I've got to thank Julie Verratti and uh, Denizens Brewing for sending me this little care package. The Moco hard seltzer. Uh, The pina colada is bomb. The lime is amazing. Uh, I think their lime is the best lime seltzer in the game. Um, Really, really good stuff. And now I've also worked my way into some Pilsner Urkel on sale at a certain retailer this week. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the golf clap, Phil. <laughs> I, for a second, I thought that that was like something wrong with someone's microphone. <laughs> and no, Phil will al- soft clapping. Phil will also be very happy to know that my wife is now a Cezanne Dupont fan. Everyone God, should be. That's amazing. That's fantastic. She was like, "Can I have one?" I'm like, "Of course!" Like. <laughs> It's not my fridge. Like, we share everything in there. Also, uh, another shout-out to Julie because uh, their brewery got broken into this weekend and fucking shitty people be doing shitty things. Like, like broke out a glass window at the front of their brewery and stole stuff. Like, Yeah, apparently all they stole was some booze. From the initial pictures, it looked like the stools had been stolen yeah. and she had to clarify <laughs> that no it was we already took those down from covid it was just uh just some drinks but still like that's seriously one thing that people just absolutely do not fucking need to deal with during you know as as we say on twitter in parentheses gestures at everything so um and and she, very cool um you know empathetic response from her where it was just like Thank you for all the support. If you if you want to help us, just, you know, go out there and help your local businesses. Don't worry about us. We'll be good. You know, just just get out there and help those that are struggling. So, just a just a great way to you know, kind of take the negative and turn it into a positive. So, and I mean, just she, what an awesome She's always such a positive person yeah, uh, for sure. on Twitter. Uh I, I respect her uh, a great deal and love following her. Yep. Yeah. Um, Mike, what are you drinking? I was I was drinking uh, our High Ridge IPA from uh, Copper Point uh, now, and and having it along with some lime Lacroix. But now I've decided to move on. Uh, at, while you went down, I'm going up. Uh, I am uh, drinking rum. Uh, oh, nice! I'm having black coral double barrel spiced rum from uh, our local distillery. Steel Thai Spirits in West Palm Beach. Uh, it is delicious. This is probably one of my favorite rums right now. Um, the spicing is just just enough that you get it all. It's not overwhelming, and it's just, I can just drink it straight like like I am, and uh, I think that it's fantastic. I think that their regular spiced rum is fantastic as well, and like blows away like your. Um, uh, Captain Morgan's and Sailor Jerry's and all of that uh, stuff. 
And that's up in your your neck of the woods. Yeah, in West Palm Beach, in the uh, the warehouse district, like practically right behind uh, Steam Horse Brewing. So if you're you're ever visiting Steam Horse, pop on over and do a little. You can do a little tasting at uh, Steel Tie Steel Tie Spirits. Pick up some bottles of either their their rums, their vodka. Um, they have, I think, four different uh rums right now black uh spiced double barrel and white and then they have their vodka as well and that That, would be one hell of a bang bang to do steam horse and then go directly into a distillery (laughs) well actually go distillery let's go the other way around i i would definitely recommend that because if you buy a bottle right now at uh steel tie you get a uh free beer card for over at uh steam horse so win-win there and this podcast is recorded on october 18th 2020 um that deal may not be in existence if you're listening (laughs) to this in two years later because this is stored forever on the interwebs so (laughs) but good suggestion do your bang bangs uh and and the bang bang they're supporting your your local businesses like uh joel said uh julie was shouting out too yeah for sure and that dark spiced rum is so goddamn good. I know I've been saying this forever, but I need to make bananas foster with it because it already has that kind of built-in caramelly toffee flavor to it. It's just oh, yeah. unreal. And I'm not a rum guy at all, but this stuff is next level. I I typically only use it for mixing, like when I want to make a tiki drink or like dark and stormy black rum. Ginger beer, squeeze of lime, is always a go-to for me uh, in in certain in certain situations. But holy shit, like they have they have made me realize that there are some really good just drinking rums out there. Like I like Appleton Estate. Uh, their uh, rum line is quite good. But I'm I'm pretty happy to know that we have right here in our own backyard, like a rum distillery that's making some pretty good rums. Um, so we, for this episode, have a really special guest that we're going to get to in a little bit. We're going to talk with Charlie Mears from Mag... Magnamin- Mag... <laughs> Magnanimous. <laughs> we're gonna I, talk I can to- say that one. <laughs> We're going to talk to Charlie Mears from Magnanimous Brewing. Like, that's probably a more difficult name to say than my last name. And my last name is difficult to say. Uh, and now I know why that brewery name is painted in their tap room, divided at yeah. the syllables. Because it, it is phonetically it pronounced. idiots like you. No. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? I just had a uh, Jilo um, IPA. So. <laughs> is it is it like Jilai? It's similar Jilea, um, but you know it's a uh, it, it's made it's in lower, Hialeah, right? It, exactly, it's lower in alcohol, um, so it's 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 a little bit lower. And according to the second general manager from my last brewery, it's from a brewery called Sig City. Hmm, Sig City. I love the Sigs. He actually, when I wasn't there one day, put whatever beer we had on tap from you guys on the menu, listed it as from Sig City, and wrote in the description, hoppy, choppy flavor. Mm, 
Did he also put Ybor City, Florida? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's to where say, they're definitely I blew a at. Fucking gasket that day. Oh, uh, lovely. Which I reminds me of when we had at our previous brewery, Joel, uh, a beer from Cigar City. Their uh, Florida Cracker on, and uh, someone comes up and orders a uh, Florida Cracker. Uh, city, like they mixed up the words to this crazy extent. And I, I turned around and I looked at the chalkboard and I'm like, did someone write it up there like that? And no, they didn't. That guy just dyslexia or, or something. Uh, no, was, because nobody would ever update the chalkboard, which was the easiest goddamn thing to update. <laughs> That, but we no, digress. We do. <laughs> By a lot. Um, all right. So before we talk with Charlie, we are going to talk a little bit. I'm going to do the news. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about GABF. We just had the award ceremony for the 2020 edition of GABF. The uh, I believe it is the 137th edition of the festival, give or take a couple years. I might be off there. Uh, and everything virtual and uh, like looking through the, the list, there's a lot of names that I've never seen before. There's a lot of yeah. names that I have seen before. Um, I saw some people doing their whole like, it's very heavy on Colorado and Oregon and California. All right, we're gonna get into that again. Like Welcome every, to year. Yeah. <laughs> every year, every year, every year, it's Colorado, yeah. California. Every year, come on. And then I they was... can then they complain like, why aren't people from more people from Connecticut entering? They this is an issue with uh, the Brewers Association. They need to make it easier for like, <laughs> like what the fuck do you want? It's pretty easy to enter a beer for GABF. You literally does it cost fill it money? out. Yes, it does. Yes, absolutely. But you counter pressure fill with some bottles if you're not bottling and you're not utilizing a mobile canner. It it really isn't challenging whatsoever. Um, but I mean, I, but we digress. <laughs> that's the that's the name of this episode. We digress. Well, I'm I was looking. I was Chromecasting it to my TV, and I had to show my wife. I was like, "Look at this! California swept this entire category." And yeah, I mean, it's it's not an easy competition. No, I I feel like the city of Portland, Oregon, uh, like has so many medals from this particular one, but they also have so many breweries there. It's it's not like it's a ton of like a ton of medals going to the same brewery. Like Breakside, they won one. Uh, who, who I feel like they win one every year, but I mean, we got Ex Novo, we got uh, like Stormbreaker. There's there's too many to name. But when I went to the Brewery Brew Pub Brewer of the Year Awards, um, I was absolutely astonished that I have never heard of a single one of these breweries, and one of them's from Florida. And I didn't even, I've never even heard of Five Branches Brewing. And congratulations to them, by the way, for uh, their uh, silver medal in the Imperial Stout category and winning Very Small Brewing Company of the Year. Um, but 
I mean, Three Creeks Brewing Company out of Sisters, Oregon, one best brewery. Uh, Lost 40 Brewing, Little Rock, Arkansas, Midsize Brewing, Big Alice Brewing, Long Island City, New York, Small Brewing. Like, I've never heard of any of these guys, but like, this is awesome for them. Like, if, if, if COVID threw off people from entering and allowed some of these breweries to get a little bit more, uh, uh, recognition. I think that that's awesome. And, uh, congratulations to everyone who won these, uh, awards. Um, there's some, some great beers that have won. And like, I think our favorite brewery, uh, or beer, Allagash White got its well-deserved gold medal. I agree with you, Mike. I, I, I think it's interesting to sort of see the total numbers per category when it comes to entries, um, you know, for those large categories, the IPAs, the hazy IPAs, uh, the fruited IPAs. Did COVID impact the people or the breweries that were putting in the entries? Uh, were there less entries this year versus other years? But at the end of the day, if COVID, if this is a silver lining to what we're going through as an industry is that some smaller breweries that are putting out damn fine beer get some recognition. I think that's a really important thing. My thing watching the awards was just thinking about the idea that just considering what an absolute fucking dog shit year it's been and for this to bring such sheer joy and success and happiness to, you know, a select couple hundred brewers and breweries and their staff, you know, during all this, I mean, it, it, it just makes me feel really good. Like thinking about, you know, how they're celebrating and how they're enjoying it and seeing some light, uh, throughout all this. So I'm really happy for everybody that won. I do recall sitting there just being like, I don't know who the hell these people are, you know, with so many of the, uh, winners, but that's great. I mean, it's a testament to the, you know, growth of the industry and and it's great to see some unknowns really you know picking up some prestigious awards and uh i mean just like some of the category i mean i follow someone who won uh imperial hazy ipa and they were just like over the moon it was so cool to just sort of live vicariously through them watching their tweets and the excitement and 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 everything you know they were feeling that night and and it's it, it's cool man i mean it's a tough goddamn competition and it's easy to walk away dejected when you don't get anything but it's tough man and and just i'm so happy for everybody that won and and got a little light you know out of 2020 that's really I, true and and by all means if if i'm coming across as that be saying like i don't know who any of these people are being an insult i apologize because that's not what i mean uh, like i think that it's awesome that people who have maybe uh, never be, gotten a chance to be in the spotlight for one reason or another just because you're not you're not a hype brewery that's putting out whatever at any cost uh like i, I think that this is awesome that you have uh, earned something and get to reap the benefits of it and, and celebrate with your team uh, on on winning something that is is still a, a huge deal in this industry. Yeah, you know, I didn't take I, your gun. I would love to 
meet or interview someone that actually judged this year versus years past. So if someone was judging, say, in 2019 versus 2020, and, and how the judging varied this year versus past years because of COVID and, and sort of see it as much as we could possibly get either on record for the pod or even off record and, you know, just in person sort of running through what it has to be a grueling task. And it, it sounds so funny to say like, Oh, it's gotta be so bad to sit down and drink 300 different IPAs. But think about the palate fatigue that you would end up getting just off of that. Not, you know, you're not ingesting a majority of it by swallowing, but you're still drinking it and trying to scrub your palate and drinking another. And, and, and then on top of that, were samples having to be sent out through multiple areas? I, you know, and I haven't done any research into it, but I, I'm very curious to see how the protocol for judging this year differed from years past. So, uh, we, we were actually talking about this on Twitter a few days ago with a friend of the show, Tommy Kelly from Free State yeah. Brewing. And he judged, he is judged for a number of years and he judged this year. He drove out to Colorado to do his judging and we're going to get him on the show, uh, sometime soon to talk about, um, how judging goes from previous years to this year. Um, also, uh, on our next episode, we're going to have Maddie Smooth from New Belgium on who is, and already dropping that, uh, that uh, he has been a judge at GABF for a number of years too. Uh, we can ask him a little bit about that uh, as well. But yeah, the, this is something I've always been interested in uh, is the whole judging thing and this year even more so. Uh, so I, I absolutely agree, Phil, on your uh, intrigue on that topic. But uh, this this was a... It, it, it's one of those um, the show must go on kind of things with GABF and it was, I, I guess, a way of like in a, in a tough, terrible year for a lot of people... Uh, we we got to still have GABF awards happen. Uh, they they tried their best to put together that uh the virtual GABF passport thing that I don't I don't know how well that went. I I I give them props for trying on it, but it it didn't seem like the thing that a thing that could really work out that great to me. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. One of the three of us probably should have signed up for the virtual beer tasting or uh, beer tour, just to sort of see how it was, so that we could go through it. But 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 I think Joel pointed out on Twitter that there was only what like six breweries in the, in our state that did it, Joel, and like none did, of them were around us. That did oh the passport, the passport? thing yeah. Um, it was only six, basically, in, in our, I guess, what we oh, would consider. South Florida. Yeah, kind of southeast region from, you know, Miami-Dade to Palm Beach County. I want to say it was like Nobo Brewing in Boynton Beach, Three Sons in Dania Beach. Um, honestly, like one I hadn't heard of before in Pompano. I could be wrong. Um, it was just very, very spread out. And I don't really know if it would have been... I mean, nothing against the breweries participating, but, you know, being only six, I don't know if it would have been worth it to anyone locally to do it. Um, 
And it seemed like the included benefits were, you know, very kind of varied in the sense where like one was like, oh, you get a free five ounce pour. And the other one was like, oh, you get some sort of flight or something like that. So it seemed like the requirements were all over the place and everyone chose a different way to offer something on that passport. But, um, I mean, realistically, nothing's stopping you from going to these breweries anyway, you know, um, and it just, it seemed like at least in our region, it, it wasn't the biggest digital turnout. Yeah. I, I think that people, if, if, if they're not comfortable to go, this little thing wasn't going to make them comfortable to go to a place. Like if they're going to their breweries, they're already going to their breweries. Um, uh, it's again, I, I commend them for trying something. It just, it, to me, missed the mark and Hey, at least you tried. Um, but I mean, the award ceremony still went off and like I said, a, a bunch of people got to, uh, celebrate making awesome beer and have something to show for probably a lot of ups and downs within this year and headaches and stress and all of that. So for, for everyone who took home a medal, uh, I congratulate you and, uh, yeah, like good job. Good fucking Just, job. Yeah. Soak it up and enjoy it. Cause there's not a whole hell of a lot of <laughs> other things to enjoy about this year. So, I mean, if you want to run naked through the brew house, wearing the metal, I mean, fucking do it. Just, you know, enjoy the shit out of it. Cause just don't you, post you, you it online. <laughs> um, any, anything else that you guys want to want to talk about as far as GABF? Well, I was going to say that I did enjoy the fast-paced um, kind of vibe to the reading of the awards. It, it went by rather quickly. I mean, we've been there before in the convention center in that, um, you know, I, I mean, I've always likened it to like the Academy Awards of beer. And I feel like I completely don't belong here, but I'm going to enjoy it while I'm here. And, you know, they've got the they've got those goddamn tables of like breakfast burritos and shit right outside the, the hall. <laughs> and you grab six of those goddamn things and, and, you know, some beers. And I mean, what time is it? it's like, isn't it like in the morning? It's like for 10 most in of the, the morning. Yeah. yeah. And it's, well, it's 10. In, it's 10 in the morning, I think there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's awesome. And, uh, you know, you it, it's fun to sit there in the crowd and watch breweries go absolutely bonkers when their names are called and it's so fun to kind of live vicariously through them and just watch their sheer joy i mean i remember seeing some breweries picking up awards while they're already in line to pick up another award like you know you'll see that with like firestone walker and yeah you know stuff like that so that's always cool to see and um obviously no fist bumps with charlie this year which will be a Sadly, missed tradition, but uh, uh, the one dude, I, I, I'm terrible with names, but the, the guy that was announcing awards this year, um, I was glad he got to, you know, get a taste of an IPA like halfway through it because he seemed like he needed a lozenge after a minute there. <laughs> he was he was getting a little dry, but uh, I liked that it was a little more fast paced. The only thing that made it hard was like to continue the conversation online. Like it was impossible to live tweet almost because it was going so fast but still it was awesome to follow along it was a nice little bright spot in the year of 2020 
and I'm really happy for everyone that uh, got to take something home this year. Uh, quick shout out to what I believe is the longest named beer to ever win an award, and I'm just going by myself. Uh, in the chocolate beer category, silver medal to Old Ball Town Bullet Bourbon Barrel Age Salted Caramel Dark Chocolate Brownie Milk Stout <laughs> Yep, from Pivo Brewery in Iowa. Uh, that's a mouthful of a name. Congratulations. Great to see Cherry Busey again. That's one of those. Oh, that one where, won? Yeah. And it's we've been there live when that beer has won before, and it's great. It's oh, yeah, always Sun great King. when there's something yeah. with a cool name and the whole audience is just, you know, uproarious over it. Yeah. Like rock out with my Bach out, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, anything else you want to add? No, I uh, it, GABF week did bring a uh, history uh, to my Facebook page, and I found some photos of uh, you and I. Uh, shit, ten years ago, somewhere around there, um, and it, it just brought back good memories. So it's always a fun time of year. It was. It, it definitely is. Anytime you get off the plane in Denver International Airport that is so far away from Denver, and then you take the ride into the city or, or out to other reaches of Colorado, good times are, are to be had. Absolutely. Um, all right. So that's all I think we really... Oh, uh, nah, we won't talk about that. Um, that's all we're going to do for the news. Um, let's get into the interview portion of this show. We are really happy to have Charlie Mears from Magnanimous Brewing Company out of Tampa, Florida in the Seminole Heights neighborhood coming on and talking to us. He is a 15 year plus veteran of this industry. He has worked in many different facets of this industry and he has some great distinction of being able to open a brewery during a pandemic. And uh, it's, it's a very interesting situation and scenario that we're happy to sit down and talk with Charlie about. So we hope that you enjoy this little conversation that we have with Charlie Mears. How are you doing tonight, Charlie? Good, good. Just uh, recovering from eating some Cajun food, but I'm good. Well, um, if you uh, have to run away, we completely understand. Um, all of us are fans of the spicy foods. Um, congratu- first of all, congratulations, and thank you for joining us. Um, three weeks, I think it's been, since you guys have opened yep. your doors? Yep, it's our third Sunday today. So, um, Congratulations. Thank you. Charlie, we go way back, but um, what type of crazy do you have to be to try and open up a brewery during a pandemic? Uh, well, we were trying to open it well before the pandemic and, uh, you know, obviously that didn't work out, uh, extremely well. So, um, and we should have been open right around February, March, I believe, but, uh, obviously it didn't go, didn't work out that well, which is kind of good, kind of bad, I guess, because we, we would have opened in March and then had to close right back down. Uh, that's not the best way to start out. So, um, but, but on the same side of that coin you know also didn't want to pay for six months of rent without having any money coming in so 
but it, it's uh, it's been interesting. Um, but luckily for us, uh, the state, you know, COVID uh, completely got cured in Florida uh, a week before we were supposed to open. So <laughs> it worked out really well. That has been well documented on our podcast. Mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and you sort of took my next question, but it seems like opening up a brewery always seems to pose some challenging times and, and nothing really ever goes to plan in this industry in general, especially when you look at timelines. And I was wondering if the pandemic actually played to your advantage as you moved into the opening phases of magnanimous. Um, yeah, for this particular situation, it did as we went on, cause you know, obviously everybody had to shut down in March and then they reopened in June and they shut back down again in July. Then you had to become a restaurant, which, you know, everybody kind of half-assed for the most part. And then it was 50%. And then it was, uh, we were trying to figure out how we were going to do 50%. And then it was like, well, you have a hundred percent. And then we're like, all right, cool. We'll just say we're doing limited capacity. Our building's gigantic. We could do 187 people here. And I never thought that 187 people would show up on our opening weekend. Uh, so I don't think, you know, we were more worried about looking like assholes, uh, having a full patio and, you know, having people coming in nuts to butts. But so we kept that uh, mitigated, but it's, it's weird, man. The whole situation was very, very strange uh, for this whole year for everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine it, you know, um, my uh, amateur interviewing skills are definitely showing because uh, I, I should have asked you first and foremost, um, explain in your words what magnanimous brewing means to you and uh, Mike, your head brewer um, or co-owner, I should say, um, I, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, my, myself, Mike, and Austin um, Good uh, are the three principal guys uh, behind this. Um, so magnanimous to me, it's been a word that I loved the first time I heard it when I was 12. Uh, I think I heard it on an episode of Monday Night Raw, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, looked up what it meant. It's like, yeah, that's kind of just the way you should do things. It means, you know, being gracious and generous to, you know, everyone, especially those who are uh, in a less fortunate position than you. And that's kind of what we're, or that's a lot of what we're going to try to do as we grow as a brewery be very community-based um, as a brewery you know I think our thing is just make good beer that we like to drink and hopefully everybody else is on board with that and it seems like they are here in the beginning so as long as we don't switch to only uh, Hopfen Vice we'll be okay. So in Tampa is a, a booming, uh, probably the most popular city in the state of Florida when it comes to breweries per capita and, and honestly, possibly even in the Southeast um, yeah. for craft beer. How, how are you guys going to set yourself apart from the other breweries that are within two miles of your actual facility? Um, well, for us, we wanted to, we want to do stuff that people drink every day, but also things that people like a lot you know that kind of known for so for us we wanted to come out of the gate with the lagers and uh ipas and you know obviously the ipa that does really well right now and uh the current iteration would be the hazy the hazy ipa so we jumped on that um and 
you know, Mike makes some pretty badass ones, which has been good for us because people have been digging them. Uh, but we're going to have a barrel aged program, uh, do, do a bunch of, uh, big stouts and things of that nature, but we want to have a wide swath of what we, we offer. Um, you know, we got a couple of sours on, we got a Porter on right now. Um, we'll have a Martin next week. So it's, you know, we're not just going to be sitting into this, you know, we're going to have eight, eight of the same thing on all time. We want to have something for everybody when they come in. Awesome. Yeah. And Mike is an amazing brewer. Um, yeah, I, he is. Working with him back, uh, Cigar City days, uh, you know, the stuff that he's done over at Copper Tail and now with you guys. I'm, I'm he was at CCB? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. I met him when he was at 7th. Uh, yeah. yeah, we uh, we actually met at Cigar City in 2011. Uh, he, I was sure. manager and he was on the bottling line. And I left to go back home for some family stuff and that's when he went to the 7th Sun. Had nothing to do with each other, but that's sort of how the timeline went. Um, he's, Mike, he's Mike's a talented guy, super nice guy. I've known him for, yeah, like I said, since Seventh Sundays. Uh, he's yeah. always been a great dude. Yeah, always yeah. churning out good beer. All, all those employees from 2011 at CCB were uh, were good employees. Yeah, yeah, everybody went on to if – you, if you look at that family tree, it's uh, pretty crazy, man, what, uh, what came of that. Yeah. In every facet, it's it. I mean, it is. Uh, it, it's sort of the farm system of uh, Florida craft beer. You know, even the southeast. Yeah, it's the. Uh, so it's uh, Bill Walsh Forty uh, ers Is what? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Cigar City is. So you you said that they you were hoping uh, to open around February, March. So that puts you about six months past due, which sounds about right for what I, people typically say is like, take you, take when you think, and then add like three to six months onto it. What were some of the, the big issues that really stood in, stood in the way? Um, so there's, there's a lot of things that our landlords were dragging their feet on some things. Uh, so we had to get a gas installed. Uh, to the building. So that was, that was an interesting hurdle. Um, and just your normal, you know, delays that you have with construction, uh, just amplified because there was no one working in the offices for the state and the city. So that took a little bit longer things that should have taken, uh, you know, 72 hours would generally take a week, week and a half. So it's just these, just an amalgamation of, uh, stuff <laughs> that happened all at once. And, uh, oh, uh, the, the other thing that I was going to ask, I, I see you guys did a lot of can releases right off the bat. Uh, did you get a canning line right from the start or are you using mobile? We're using Ironheart mobile. Okay. Um, but it was something that I wanted to do in the beginning because not a lot of breweries open up with canned uh, offerings. Um, and I wanted to kind of set the tone uh, there and be like, let everybody know that we're always going to have something to go. That's not necessarily a crowler. We're going to do crowlers at some point. We have a machine. We just wanted to kind of see what the flow would be for this first month. Um, but we're always going to have cans. Eventually we want to buy our own canning line. Um, wasn't necessarily in the budget here at the beginning, but we'll, uh, we're using, uh, the mobile guys right now. 
the decor around the brewery looks amazing and um it's there seems to be a ton of minor details all around including the magnanimous logos behind you on the wall um what's your favorite detail in the brewery and are there any easter eggs within the brewery that you and mike have sort of laid around and austin have laid around uh through the opening yeah yeah there's definitely a couple of things uh in our bathrooms uh some of the pictures uh, i always tell everybody that if you come here definitely uh go use the facilities um there's some cool stuff in there um uh, my favorite detail here is definitely our bar because that was something that I was very uh, bully on from the beginnings, having a horseshoe bar and because nobody really has one in the Bay Area at all that I can think of and definitely not any breweries. And uh, that and our ceiling, and it's kind of hard to even see with uh, a lot of the pictures that people have been posting online. And I haven't even posted them because you can't get the depth of it, but it's this crazy mansard ceiling that was built in the 60s that you just kind of have to see to believe to get the full scope of it. But, um, yeah, there's, there's some cool stuff. You know, if you walk in the brewery in the back, you'll see, it. you know, we have, like I said, all the, these guys on the back, that was just something Mike did one day. We just got the stencil and started spray painting the walls. And, uh, we got that, got a bunch of stuff like that kind of scattered about. That's awesome. That, that building is, I remember driving past that as a child. It, the building is such a unique shape in um, where it sits on Florida. It, it, it really does. Um, it, it Immediately, I saw the outside and I was like, holy shit, that brings me back to childhood. So um, it's such a, such a cool piece of architecture for Tampa in particular. Yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's one of those I always noticed it and then never knew anything about it until we were shown it uh in 2018 and as soon as we walked in we were like i didn't know that there was nothing like i think it was a south it was a salvation army worship center that went out of business in 2012 um and i had no idea there was if there was anything in here or nothing in here or whatever um but it's like it's a pretty rad spot how big is it uh, it is 7,200 square feet. Uh, right. Good size. Yeah. 400 square feet. And what size system did you open with? Uh, we have a 15-barrel uh, four-vessel system. Very nice. Or three-vessel. I'm sorry. It's a three-vessel. Oh, I mean, still. that's. Yeah. They put the cold liquor tank right next to it, and it throws me off every time. <laughs> so uh, a Whirlpool uh, separate? Or... Yeah. Okay. Now, keeping with the decor questions, what, who's the guy uh, to the right of the taps? I was looking at some photos online. The, the guy on the wall? Yeah, that. so that is great. Michael Jackson from The Beard Hunter. Uh, oh, is that the, it? Yep. Wow. Uh, that we dressed up as Michael Jackson from Thriller, so it's Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That's what threw me off because I'm looking at the Michael Jackson jacket. Like, what is <laughs> it's, That's uh, great. The king of beer, the king of pop. That's and, awesome. Uh, on a musical note, as the podcast resident hair metal enthusiast, I appreciate the After the Rain IPA with uh, Nelson Hoffs. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was definitely a uh, a Mike thing. Uh, we wanted to do a video for that one, uh, like we did with a couple of the other the first releases. Uh, just didn't have enough time and couldn't find blonde wigs that were long enough. Well, it's holiday season or Halloween season. 
Yeah, you would think, man. It's mostly like green and whatever. I couldn't find anything that like a, a blonde fro, but that that wasn't gonna work. I mean, you could do a Billie Eilish uh, video, you know. Oh, don't worry. Probably probably wouldn't have the same ring. But by the way, speaking of those videos, if you have not seen the magnanimous videos online, they are absolutely ridiculous. They are amazing. Um, was that Geiger that was uh, guest appearing in one of them? That uh, correction, that was Geiger, the star of the show. Uh, oh, so, I'm sorry. Uh, we're we're quite certain that he's going to get a Cable Ace Award for that. <laughs> So yeah, now those those are fun to shoot. That's something it's like, you know, don't really see anybody do a lot of that. And we, uh, it's actually James Kovacs at uh, who's one of the bartenders at Cockertail and does a lot of their social media stuff. Um, he recorded all those, and he's super super talented. Um, his company is Onward Productions. Uh, you can find him on Instagram and Facebook. But he does a does some work for a lot of folks around the Bay Area. Um, super awesome. Uh, uh, stuff that he does and he's remarkably talented that's awesome uh joel do you have yeah so I, I have one more question i just wanted to know you know what advice would you give to anyone looking to start you know planning or opening a brewery in, in the hell that is 2020 um same thing i'd probably tell them before um no matter what you know, you don't know anything. Uh, so, you know, I was 15 years into this thing almost before. Yeah. And I had, I'd been approached in 2010 by people that said, you know, if you wanted to open a brewery and they had a lot of times people approach you about opening a brewery and they don't even know that if you can brew or what your deal is, they just know, you know, things about beer. You know, I would like, you're never going to know everything. Like I think now, like I thought, Mike and I knew a lot in 2018 and I definitely didn't know very much two years ago about this whole process. And I'm interested to see how stupid I think I am in 2025 to the 2020 Charlie. Um, I, just, I, you know, I'm sure that there's a, there's a lot of people who have opened up as homebrewers and obviously we've, you know, there's the Ken Grossman's and the Sam Caligione's of the world. Um, I think there's still room for some of that, but I think growing up in the business uh, gives you a whole lot of um, a whole lot of chutzpah behind what you're doing to to get you where you need to go. Because I couldn't imagine not knowing, you know, not having 15 years of uh, experience in my head and trying to get this thing off the ground. You know, 15 years in the industry is nothing shaking it. By the way, you're an old guy in this industry. I want you to know that at this point in time, it, someone called me old in this industry the other day. And I was like, man, I'm really not that old. Like I, when I think old, I think Joe Burns and like, I, you know, it, it just doesn't, you know, relate that way to me. Um, in 15 years outside of magnanimous, uh, it, you've worked and done, almost everything I think in this industry, when you look at sort of your tenure, what one position that you have worked in or held within the hospitality and or beer industry prepared you the most for opening up this brewery in 2020? Um, I would probably say, so it would be a combination of three things from like 06 to 2011. Um, uh, volunteering at Sweetwater and Terrapin and running 
uh, five, the beer program at five points bottle shop. Cause that taught me that sleep is kind of cool, but it's not the most valuable thing in the world and busting your ass will get you exactly where you need to be. And around that time I was probably working about 60 hours a week just, and not really working to me cause I just enjoyed it. But you know, you just had to find time to, it's like, you know, when, when you fall in love with something that you want to do the rest of your life, putting everything that you have into it, um, just sort of overtakes everything. And that's what those having those three things kind of happen at the same time, uh, over that five years, uh, that's what kind of just pushed it in. Uh, that's, it taught me more work at work at eh, work ethic, I guess, than anything else. It's like, yeah, there's not a lot of thing. Not a lot of people get to pick what to do, what they love. And when you can, you should dedicate yourself to it. And that's learned a lot from that. Yeah. And I think it was right around that time that you and I initially connected, um, yeah. uh, through Cigar City, um, 2010, I believe it was somewhere around there, 2011, mm-hmm. um, where um, you were driving down barrels. Um, you were you were helping the brewery out with barrels, and then uh, eventually uh, you and Joey hooked up, and you were able to come down. Um, and 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 it's interesting to and as your friend, I'm super proud of everything that you're doing. So sorry, I got to, you know, sort of stroke you off a little bit here, but, uh, you know, insanely happy to see you do something that you have set your goals out to, um, for such a long time and, and to see you work with an amazing team out of the bat, um, people that are, you know, well-respected in the industry. I think it's pretty amazing. Um, I know all the buzz that I was hearing from my employees when uh, my team members and my employees were like, Oh my God, we got to go to magnanimous. Like, ah, it's the opening weekend. So, um, I, I, I know people are excited in Tampa. I think that's awesome. Um, I, I think that speaks, uh, true volumes to your person. Um, both you and Mike and Austin and, and seeing what you guys have been able to accomplish in just a short three weeks. Um, I, so far what is your favorite beer that you've put out um, what are you what are you drinking now actually uh, it's, it's really embarrassing if you're not drinking your own beer uh, it's uh, it's our martin uh, that we're awesome. releasing friday we're just kind of waiting for it to clear up a little bit um but drinking this guy off the tank uh it's pretty kick-ass uh mike did a really good job with it i don't know if he'd ever made a martin before uh, i know as we were trying to finish up work around here we probably drank about three cases of Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest uh, over over a week and fell in love with that thing. That thing, And I don't even know if Martin was in our plans. We hadn't really talked about it. Uh, but I think that was like, yeah, we need to try and make something like that because this is one of the best ones I've ever had. But uh, yeah, I think that's probably my favorite. Um, Juice Lord turned out really great. People responded well to that. Was um, the video, the video it like set the <laughs> table for that beer. Yeah, yeah, shirtless Charlie sells beer. <laughs> now it does. Hell yeah, you're looking swell, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're yeah, yeah, two years of uh, not getting paid to drink will get you there. Yeah, it works out real well. And walking everywhere. Um, yeah, the, those two are probably my favorite too. Uh, Golden Rules, a uh, European lager we do that's friggin' aces as well. So um, I'm I'm excited about. Yeah, that was that was always one of the things. Like most breweries, not most breweries, but a lot of breweries open up, and 
everybody gives them some leeway because they're new and whatnot. And we didn't feel like we had time for that. We had to come out swinging. And I think we did. And I'm proud of everything we put out there. Yeah, it's a hell of a lineup. I, I, I've been following you guys on Instagram for a while. Once I, once I first saw that Mike said that he was doing this whole thing, I was like, all right, I'm going to follow him because I, I think he makes kick-ass beer. And I mean, you're running the gambit on, on practically everything that, that is really available. I mean, of course, there's, there's other things out there, but I mean, you're making, you're making lagers, you're making IPAs, stouts, sours, um, all of all of it right off the bat, and it's uh, pretty impressive. Thank you. And it's- and the can the can portion too. Uh, like like I said, that's that's pretty awesome that you guys uh, decided to because even for for doing mobile, like that's a lot of out of money or out of pocket money right off the bat to do, and it could be a risk, and it's a risk that you guys obviously felt was was worth it, and looks like it's it's at least paying off by the response. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's a, you know, it's, it is a risk, but I think the risk is, is uh, getting a brand identity out there. I think it's a pretty big thing. And that's, you know, these two years getting to kind of go around and travel and brew some beer with our friends too. Like we wanted to build a brand while we're building a brewery. Uh, Got lucky with a pretty kick-ass logo that's painted all over behind me. A friend of mine that uh, did that for us. Uh, So I, don't know, I, I thought that was, you know, kind of come out and be, I thought that was very important to come out uh, winging in that regard as well. Well, there takes my question that I was going to ask about the logo. Uh, but I, I have one, one other thing uh, to ask, and then I'll let uh, these guys uh, say uh, whatever they want. Um, do you plan on going to distribution at any point? Or are you going to try to sell as much out of uh, house as possible? Do you even care about distro or do you want to stay all in house? Um, so just uh, philosophically, uh, I think any brewery uh, should just try and sell everything out of their front door if they can. Um, I'm with you there. Uh, that's sort of, sort of the original idea. Obviously, I think uh, distribution has to be a part of it. We're working on that uh, sort of a, it'll, it'll pop up uh, December, January, what's going on with that. Um, I'll just frame it as it's sort of like uh, the uh, Supreme court and their definition of porn. You'll know it when you see it. So we'll let you <laughs> we'll let you know kind of going on in the next couple of months. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. Like, as long as you can go with without dipping your feet into there, I would say more power to you because yeah. uh, you you get to control so much more when it's okay. staying within your four walls or however many walls you have. Well, something that I know uh, with Phil and I uh, working with Cigar City um, so early into their their thing, one of the things I learned with that is you're constantly doing this accordion thing where you have too much brew, too much beer for your tasting room. So you have to put out some in distribution, but then more people find out about it when you're out in distribution, come to the taste room. And all of a sudden you're out of beer in the tasting room, but you have these accounts that you have to hit. So you're constantly doing this thing. Uh, what our strategy is, is to kind of use distribution as a safety valve in the beginning uh, and just hit, you know, uh, accounts of our friends and whatnot and kind of grow at grassroots in that regard. 
uh, and not get into one of these situations where we're pissing off somebody outside the building, but also pissing off our customers inside a building at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I think we have a good strategy for that. Uh, I said, it'll, it'll become very evident probably by the end of December. Um, but, uh, we'll see. Cause I know, I know Phil, uh, you know, getting uh, trucks that were supposed to be full and only a quarter full in 2011 probably wasn't the most ideal. Oh uh, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, those were, those were such interesting days and, um, just to <laughs> sort of see what showed up on the truck was even more entertaining. Um, because you would end up taking it for the tasting room and I needed it for my market. And I knew what was being packaged, so I knew what you were taking at the same time. Um, but it's <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, that is such a delicate line to walk when you're looking at uh, tasting room sales versus distribution. Um, and and honestly, you add the um, complexity of finding a distribution partner that understands your outlook on business. Um, because yeah. every distribution partner is going to take it and say, Oh, if you're the hottest new brewery in Tampa. We want to throw it everywhere. And as long as you have so somewhat reins on that, I think you're going to be okay. Um, but there, there's an issue. Like the thing with that is you don't want your beer to be thrown everywhere. And it sucks that you have to, enter into an agreement with a distributor to be able to supply like a handful of your friends accounts and we can't have true like self-distribution here for for stuff like that and, and charlie you just walked into an amazing debate here on united we drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is where phil and i differ a lot of times. Uh, but no I, I i do believe uh you know the florida brewers guild has been pushing self-distribution for quite some time under x amount of barrelage um and, and you know it, uh, charlie are you guys a registered member of your state uh brewers guild uh, not yet. Uh, we're still looking at that. I mean, we're going to, it's just, we're so busy with all this other stuff that we're, you know, it's just been kind of a crazy, crazy time, uh, with it. And I know Sean has reached out recently, but it'll be one of the, like when he shows up in the taste room, it'll probably be when we start talking about it. Uh, but it hasn't really like, we can't do, you know, all the things that, uh, all the, the benefits that you would get are currently kind of, yeah, you know, with the whole COVID thing, it's it's hard to take advantage it's of. Back. So it's like, eh, we're not in any hurry like we would have been if we were in a normal situation, you know. So we're yeah. good. We'll do it, but we're just waiting. <laughs> we, would you? We actually just joined for free down here. Sean put out the offer. I don't know if the offer is still valid, but I guess there has been some sort of benefactor uh, with a little bit of financing and and was able to, I guess help some breweries get uh, joined up. So uh, that might be something to look at. Yeah, yeah sure. I'll, uh, I'll reach back. No, he reached out to me on our opening weekend uh, through Facebook. And I, I think I still have about 36 messages I need to get back on from that weekend. Uh, and I apologize. Good, listen good to timing, this. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you weren't busy or anything. It wasn't like you were unlocking the doors to the, to the general public at any point in time. And um, <laughs> I, I told that, but it's like everybody's busy. So, and I'm kind of hard to catch here because I'm the I'm the go boy right now. Because you know my my thing is I'm 
for the brewery, I handle everything outside the brew the brewery, which we don't have a lot to do for that right now. So I do taste room stuff and then I go to the bank and then I go buy stuff. So I'm in and out all day long. So it's a, you know, sometimes people show up and they're like, Oh, I thought he was supposed to be here. It's like, yeah, nice. No, he's, he's at home Depot looking for lights to put in the cooler. <laughs> oh, there it's somebody has to do it. Right. I mean, um, and, and the, no better person than you for the time being. Um, so Charlie, uh, it's sort of wrapping up here. Uh, we like to ask all of our interviewees one question, um, before we leave. And that is, um, What's your late night Taco Bell order? So this is funny that you asked this. Uh, I made a uh, New Year's resolution this year. First time I've ever done one. I wasn't going to eat at a chain restaurant uh, unless it's the state for which it was based in. So, you know, Bojangles, you can definitely eat that in North Carolina. And I did in the Charlotte airport three times uh, flying to. <laughs> Um, that being said, I got, uh, really drunk at Oktoberfest last Sunday and bang banged, uh, Hampton station and Taco Bell. Oh. Um, I don't know what I ordered. So, <laughs> cause I, my girlfriend was a uh, man in the ship on that one. I can tell you that it wasn't a potato, uh, taco or whatever. It just got canceled or the Mexican pizza. So that's two things I know was that wasn't on there. It was two bags of food. Um, I would assume that I had ground beef because everything does there. Uh, <laughs> uh, cheese, I would assume, was involved, and uh, probably the the volcano sauce. So and a tortilla, those. soft yeah. or hard, one of those. Lord willing, there was a tortilla involved in there. <laughs> well, I love the fact that anyone listening to this can just basically utilize their imagination to put together any menu item on the Taco Bell thing that would fit in a bag, not in a box, um, that probably you ingested uh, after Oktoberfest last week. But uh, nice way to bang bang something, bud. I, and, you know, it, you never let me down. Had, had only I remembered what I ingested the next day, much less right now, I would have loved to have told you. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Charlie, I, we really appreciate it. Could you, it, it, first of all, is there anything that you would like to say uh, to anyone listening to this? Uh, also, you know, please let them know uh, how to follow you as well as the brewery. Uh, yeah, just follow us at, uh, at Magnanimous Brewing uh, and Magnanimous Brewing on uh Facebook and Instagram. Um, I mean, you could follow me on Instagram. I don't really post anything interesting. If I see uh, animals doing weird stuff on some of the hikes I do, I post that, but that's few and far between. Um, like I saw a gopher tortoise in July. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but that's at Charlie Magnanimous. Um, yeah, that's us on those. Uh, you know, be magnanimous uh, anytime you can. Go give blood. They always need it, especially right now. Uh, and Phil's always the little spoon. Well, yes. I, I mean, those guys are laughing. We haven't talked about that, but yes, yeah. I always am. I, I, I love that little spoon position. So, <laughs> yeah, You know, uh, brunches in Key West at Irish bars. It's the best, best uh, banter you can get. Uh, that was Irish hands Kevin's? down. Uh, was it Irish? Ke no, it wasn't Irish Kevin's. Was it? No, no, no that was a uh, that was off the ab. It was um or off the ball. Um, 
not there anymore. The guy who owned it or the chef or what, he was a crazy man and I loved him. Yeah. But yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of, it was crazy because it was, what, it was Cigar City. It was uh, Cigar City Founders event. That was one of my, that event was amazing just to have you and I do nothing but presenting and you embarrassed me literally every round. And I, I mean, there's nothing I can say to embarrass you, which is disappointing um, because you, you own it so well. Yeah, I, uh, I like to think that I, I absorbed embarrassment and push it out as gamma rays sometimes. Uh, it's one of my superpowers. <laughs> uh, well, Charlie, it's been a pleasure. Um, thank you. Good luck with everything. Um, guys. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I, I know that starting a brewery is uh, very time-consuming, so thanks for taking some time out of uh, your busy first few weeks. And uh, congratulations again, and good luck. Uh, and hopefully we can get up there sometime soon to yeah. hang out. Yes, I am definitely looking forward to trying some hair metal-themed beers. <laughs> yes, thank you all. And you know, just let me know when you're coming up, and uh, we'll, we'll have a beer or nine at the bar. Yeah, nine sounds good right about now. And uh, uh, it, the three of us are working on trying to put something together for a little uh, tour through Tampa and uh, Sarasota. So and crashing um, on Phil's parents' floor, like old times, you know. Yeah. Um, little spoons for all. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, thanks, Charlie. Have a good evening. Awesome. Y'all do the same. Thanks. Cheers. 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 All right, we want to thank Charlie once again for joining us on the show. Uh, great conversation, really eye-opening as to uh, what goes into opening up a brewery during these times and just through times in general. Uh, opening up a brewery is not an easy thing. And um, hopefully we can get up there sometime and have some beers with the whole gang up there be nice uh, for me to see Mike uh, again from the brewery. I haven't seen him in probably a couple of years and uh, yeah, just to be able to get out again and go out of town and have some beers with some friends would definitely be a nice thing. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many good breweries all within that like tiny radius that I feel the the three of us should really hit. Um, it, you know, it just sort of adds to the Calusa trip that we were talking about doing um, online. And, you know, we we really could make a weekend out of uh, swinging by Tampa. I could, you know, it, I know we've done Tampa before, the, the three of us, but I've always been working and you guys have been doing a beer festival. And um, to actually show you guys Tampa and like take you to a lot of the places that I grew up at would be a lot of fun. Um, and you know, it, within stone's throws distance, you're seeing seventh son and angry chair and, you know, cigar City's not too far and man, uh, just such a great beer scene in that Tampa Bay area. And, uh, I wish Mike and Austin and Charlie, nothing but the best. I'm so excited for those guys. Yeah, I still have never been to Seventh uh, uh, Tampa location. Only still have ever been to the Dunedin spot. 
So yeah, I'm all. It's for... amazing to see what was a skate rink when I was a kid. Like one of the the Where... four wheel skate rinks. Uh, I used to go to birthday parties at that facility. Where um, seventh is? Yeah, yeah. It was an old <laughs> skate rink. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and 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 it's funny, you know. Like I talked about it a little bit with Charlie, but. It, it, I love the fact that some of these breweries are moving outside of like warehouse areas, but even the warehouse areas, you, you look at like Coppertail. I used to drive by Coppertail every weekend that I was going to my grandmother's house and it was just a warehouse, but I remember driving by that warehouse and it and on highways or, you know, just off of highway 60. And it, it is so amazing to see it such good memories tied to areas that I drive by. I, I can remember driving past magnanimous. I, I used to swim when I was a kid and we would, my mom would drive that way to drop me off to swim practice when I was a kid. Um, and, and I remember that building because I always thought that building was so unique and cool. Um, it, it's just awesome. It, it's really, really cool. It, 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 it truly brings things full circle. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm looking forward to the day that we can we can go do that. Um, all right. So I think it's about time that we can get into some last calls here, and uh, I'm going to start things off here uh, because I was challenged, if you will, on Facebook the other day by Phil for this push-up challenge thing uh first off i'm not doing that shit and <laughs> I, I never expected you to <laughs> uh and secondly you you do these things every once in a while these challenges that people put out there these uh modern day chain letters if you will and of all of them that you could have tagged me in, you could have tagged me in the one where you talked about an album a day. Uh, and I would have, I would have happily done that to be able to talk about some music that influenced my life. But instead you choose this push up challenge for a guy who's got to go into uh, a hundred degree brewery every day uh, and actually do like a workout in there. Nah, son, not doing that. <laughs> uh <laughs> so uh this is my official response i actually started typing out something to you on facebook but i was like you know what he says we're going to talk about it on the the podcast so here we are i'm talking about it on the podcast i'm not going to do it i'm happy that you uh did it and if you found something positive out of it uh awesome um but uh now nah, let me know next time uh you you want to do a thing about music or like a favorite food every day or something like that. Sounds good. I'll keep you in mind for those. <laughs> I, I usually, so the Facebook app is actually uninstalled on my phone. I literally will install it on my phone for whatever challenge I seem to get tagged in. Um, but I did get sort of caught up in that one it, and it's been good for me. Um, I, I'm still every day. It, it's got me back into my routine, which is awesome. But I didn't expect you to do it. Um, <laughs> and you you, ex- you did that one for last too. I did. Of for course. For last, yeah, we're going to do the guy who's least likely going to do this. No, I don't know about that. I mean, there's some people in 
some people that I tagged early on that I was like, there was no, first of all, my wife was day one and she did it for one day and then gave up. Um, so, you know, it's, a. Uh, I, I think there's only been, out of 22 people, I want to say there's only been, like, six that I've actually seen actually follow through with it. Joel's included in the, uh, tw- uh, you know, majority oh, you did? of 22 that haven't done it. Yes, I tagged them the day before you. Um, so you had to have known you were coming. I saved the best for I last, did, I, literally. I look at Facebook once a day, and that's it. And oh, There you go. But, and I only knew about this because I got tagged. So I just found out just today that he, he tagged me in that challenge five days ago. I just found out today. <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking like, oh, well, that offer expired. I don't have to do push-ups now. Never expires. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Phil, why don't you give us your last call? Uh, this past weekend, I got to watch a, a movie with my son and my wife that uh, I, I forgot how good of a movie it was. And, and the debate in our house turned on, is The Nightmare Before Christmas a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? And um, we went back and forth for about, you know, five, ten minutes. And, uh, you know, the next morning I had, I'd logged online and my sister, uh, which lives in the Netherlands, uh, saw our conversation. My wife decided to put it out on the interwebs on on social media, and uh, my sister texted me in the morning and said, "The Nightmare Before Christmas is neither a Christmas or a Halloween movie. It is an everyday movie. The Easter Bunnies included in The Nightmare Before Christmas, so you can watch it at any time of the year." Um, I forgot how good that movie was. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it with my son. Um, it, it, the it literally was number one to number two is my son is running around the house singing uh, Phil Collins uh, songs. And um, I, I couldn't be prouder of his uh, culture this weekend than ever before. So um, watch Nightmare Before Christmas. I'd, I think it's a Halloween movie um, disguised as a Christmas movie. That's my personal opinion. I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think. So you, you do want us to reply to this? Yeah, of course. All right, I, Joel. It, it's a... It's an open okay. last call. So I'll get crucified for this, but I've never seen this fucking movie. Um, <laughs> it came out just during a very volatile time for me, and I was not into movies and, and, you know, just I was completely detached from all that. But it is uh, being re-shown at various Cinemark theaters uh, during this season, and Cinemark is offering... Um, like $99 theater buyouts for up to you and 20 people. I saw and that. I was thinking that this is the perfect movie to finally see in a setting like that. So, Can you choose the movie or is it specific movies? So specific movies are part of the whole plan. Like you can't just pick whatever. Okay. But um, that's one of those classics they bring back every now and then. And... Uh, I would happily shell out the money to do that and bring 19 people with me. So, and you can, you know, completely social distance in a setting like that. So, um, I'm, I'm totally down for it. Uh, I'm going to say that it is the, uh, it's a, a Schrodinger's cat, uh, type of situation. It is both, uh, a Christmas and Halloween movie and at the same time. Uh, so, I, I I would just say if, to be simple, yes, 
to to both of those. Um, I think that it I your your sister makes a very good point uh, with that, uh, but I I think that it contains elements of both holidays very well that you can kind of just they flow together like that. I, I, I don't know if there's any other movie like that uh, that can um, sew together two very different types of holidays into one so easily. But uh, I, I would say, yeah, they are both, in my opinion. I've never, like I said, I've never seen it, but I'm going to vote Halloween movie simply because it is the nightmare before Christmas. People dress up as characters from this movie for Halloween, but not for Christmas. Joel's already got his, uh, his take. I think pretty... Listen, I don't need to know about something to have very <laughs> strong opinions on it. I mean, that's what the <laughs> internet is. Hot this takes. is true. Uh, speaking of very strong opinions, Joel, do you want to give your last call? <laughs> yes. Um, good segue. So <laughs> I have, uh, Found a cheat code, if you will, for Twitter. And here's what you do. You follow someone and then you immediately click turn off retweets. It is an absolute godsend. It is the up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start (laughs) of social media. And I'm telling you, it's like, okay, yes, you're following someone. And realistically... When you're following them, you should be following everything they're posting because you've chosen to follow them. And some things that they choose to share are retweets. However, it just cleans up your timeline in a way that I can't fully explain. Um, I've started a new account. I'm taking it very slow with following people. And my mental health has never been better as far as social media because... What I've likened it to is before when I followed like 2,000 something people and had, you know, I think like 4,000 followers, it was like when uh, Detective Kimball walks into the classroom in Kindergarten Cop and everyone's running wild and there's the kid looking up everybody's skirts and this other kid is eating everybody's lunches and kids are just running wild throwing shit. That's what Twitter was like with that many people being followed and following me. And now my Twitter is like when I went outside, screamed into the abyss, and then got the ferret out of my car. Why he was keeping the ferret in his car, which is probably not safe. I mean, I know it's Oregon. It's not as hot as Florida, but you probably shouldn't keep a fucking animal in your car like that. But anyway, I digress. Um, It is... I've probably got like a little more than 10% of my original following... I'm following very few people, but man, you turn off those retweets and it's like everything comes to a screeching halt. Your timeline is so much less of a dumpster fire and it's just better overall. You know, it's like I follow a lot of people I love and respect and care about, but I don't need to see everything from them. And it still doesn't turn off manual retweets, quote tweets, that kind of stuff. I still, for some reason, see things that you've liked that have nothing to do with me. But at least it's a start and it's a way to tone down the social media and reduce the clutter and uh, help with the uh, mental part of it all. And it doesn't drive you as crazy. So get on there, follow people, and turn off their goddamn retweets. 
I learned you can do the same thing on Facebook this week, and it's been like a, a nightly hobby for me to basically unfollow people, um, <laughs> and it's amazing. I can still be your friend, and and I genuinely care about you as a friend. I just don't really give a shit what you're talking about politically, one way or the other at this point in time. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and so if I seem less active on that social media platform that I haven't used in the past two years, it's probably for the same damn reason. I told everybody social media was going to be a shit show this year with the election. Nobody wanted to fucking listen. And now here we are. And I'm telling you, like, there are people I completely agree with on a lot of things that I wish would just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I meant you, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing how it doesn't matter is sometimes it's the people that you agree with their same thoughts that you're just like, come on, just get off of it. Stop, you know? And, and sometimes you never want to see somebody talk about something that you don't believe in, although it can spawn really good uh, conversation. But at the same time, it's like sometimes people just take it too far. And, and, and it's, um, it, it just check it off on your 2020 bingo card, right? I I think I filled the card. Like that's like an ultimate. No, the thing, card right? is never ending. I've learned that this week. The card just doesn't end, and it just you think it's done, but then you find a new panel, and you're like, oh, <laughs> I can fill in corners again. Um, so <laughs> what's what is free space in 2020? Just general anguish uh, and misery. Um, God, I don't know. Uh, a, a swab up your nose. <laughs> no. That's the free that, it's space. It's got to be taxes. Taxes is the only thing that's guaranteed, right? I yeah, I guess so. There it is. All right. Your free well, space for 2020. Uh, Joel, you want to plug uh, your new Twitter account or no? Yeah. I'm at Joel Bruise, J-O-E-L, uh, Bruise. And uh, yeah, that's it. Phil. Also, don't forget Egg Symmetry on Instagram, where you can see my OCD firsthand. You uh, you stopped for like a, a week or two, but I saw you back on it this weekend. Yeah, I got one in there yesterday or today. You know, made a couple eggs. You know, there were there were two left out of the eighteen pack, nice and safe and sound, right there in the middle. <laughs> Phil. You can follow me on uh, Twitter, which apparently I need to use more of because when I don't follow you guys on Twitter, I completely lose touch with what's going on in the world. Uh, By the way, I just followed you, Joel. Um, Dos Perigos (laughs) um, on Twitter and PPalmasano77 on Instagram. Um, And you can always follow me on LinkedIn. MySpace is dead. D-E-D. Yep. 2020 bingo card. MySpace is dead. Sorry, Tom. Tom hasn't been with the company for like 15 years, probably as long <laughs> as Charlie's been in the beer industry. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Mike Loves Beer on both Instagram and Twitter, taking it a little bit more leaning towards Instagram. I like pictures and not so much on the words. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at United We Drink on Instagram at United We Drink Pod. And uh, our website is UnitedWeDrink.com. We're also on all of the major podcast networks, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music's new podcast service. We're on all of those so you can subscribe to the show and get new episodes delivered to the device of your choice every other Thursday at your convenience. Um, Other than that, we will be back here in two weeks for a brand new episode where I think I already spilled the beans that we're going to be talking with uh, Maddie Smooth from New Belgium Brewing. And uh, other than that, everyone stay safe. Keep wearing masks despite that the pandemic's over. Uh, Vote, wash your hands, and cheers. Enjoy Arby's. Hail Sutton. Why are you guys laughing? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea why I was laughing. Um, but, yeah. Um, why are you laughing so much? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm thoroughly confused at this point in time. I, I agree with you, Mike. I think if, <laughs> if, if COVID... Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, uh, I, at least I know I didn't miss something because you're just as confused as I am, Mike. I, I don't know um, what... And now we lost Joel. No, 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 he just turned his camera off.